8-Bit stands for justice and equal rights for all. We believe every human being deserves the right to live without fear and prejudice. Fuck racism. Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 197th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by APIT.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8 Bit. And joining me today, the Muggsy Bogues and Alonzo Mourning to the Larry Johnson that I call myself. We are talking Miss Ellie Hart. You can find her at Miss Ellie Hart. And joining us as well, very special guest, host of One Perfect Game and 8-Bit's best and only NBA podcast, Hoop Dreams, can be found at its Tilby. Matt Tilby, Miss Ellie Hart, welcome to episode 197. How the hell you bloody doing? I'm very, very excited. Uh... This is the the time that you get to ask me all the questions instead of me doing all the uh, the work this time. So, uh, no, I'm excited. Like this is uh, obviously the flagship podcast for Eight Bit, so I'm excited to uh, to jump on and, and have a bit of a chat. We are very excited to have you here, and, and I must uh, interject too. I do a little bit of work on Hoop Dreams, a little, not much, <laughs> but I'll admit I do some things. I, not all the time, I but have to sometimes. Ask what was the reference? What was the introduction? Is it sports ball? <laughs> so. So you said you you said you're a '90s basketball fan. So I thought you might get the reference. I said Muggsy Bogues, Alonzo Mourning, and Larry Johnson. So I knew Johnson. Sort of three-headed machine from the the '90s era Charlotte Hornets, uh, rocking those uh, baby blue or light bluey colored jerseys, like which we all love so much. Yeah, I guess Aquary could be defined, but uh, yeah, one of, one of the prolific uh, trios. From that era, outside of doing, you know, the the Jordan Rodman Pippen sort of uh, stereotype, <laughs> I thought we'd have some fun because you're, you're the smaller one out of the three of us here, Miss Hart. So I thought you could be a little mugsy. You've got the those mad sort of ball skills. You could be our, our point guard. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Sorry about that. Anyway, John Peck would be ashamed of you, Ali. <laughs> That's why he doesn't come. Or maybe ashamed the of me. Yeah. So, so anyway, let's let's park that and move very very far forward from from this discussion about the uh, the Hornets. Uh, it's great that they've finally got their name back, though. I must say, after years of uh, yeah. being the Bobcats, but that's a story for another day. So Tilby, yes, Matt Tilby, uh, as I mentioned, he uh, hosts One Perfect Game and also is the chairman of Hoop Dreams, which is uh, 8-Bit's best and only NBA podcast. Mate, do you want to give us give us the elevator pitch? Give us your origin stories. Tell us a bit about yourself for the listeners that may or may not know who you are or may not have seen you lurking around on them socials, obviously at It's Tilby. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've been jumping around for a little bit only for about, uh, I want to say, what, 12 months on the 8-Bit Collective there or thereabouts. Um, you know, a, a 27-year-old uni student or graduated a couple of years ago and I've been looking for anything in journalism and, and sort of just fell into podcasting and, and sort of started One Perfect Game as a bit of a, uh, you know, a hobby project, a, a, a labor of love, so to speak. And it was basically just, a you know, getting someone on to talk about a game that they felt had influenced their personal life or their career. Um, 
you know, to some sort of varying degree. We've had, you know, uh, people in the YouTube sphere. We've had musicians. We've had comedians. Um, it, it's it's interesting to see how different people's, I guess, ideas of what makes a game so important to them. Um, and But it sort of brings together that because people are so different, you know, games do have that sort of wonderful effect of bringing them together and creating these really awesome possibilities. So um, that was how I met you and, and Jono and, and sort of uh, was introduced to 8-Bit. And because of our love of basketball, we, we uh, just decided to get together, have a chat, and we formed Hoop Dreams, which is the... Uh, the least pop culture thing on 8-bit it seems uh, at this point in time so um but yeah no eight dream uh hoop, eight dreams hoop dreams is very much uh yeah basketball anything and everything basketball we just did uh, a fantastic little episode arc on the last dance which was a fantastic uh documentary on netflix all about michael jordan if you hadn't seen it i mean you probably would have heard about it go and uh, check it up but yeah, no, we, we talk, you know, fantasy basketball, news. We have some debates, which I'm normally wrong about. Yeah, it's it's always a lot of fun to uh, to jump in and, and talk basketball with you boys. It is good. And, and Hoop Dreams, I think, is delivered in a way that's accessible to to hardcore fans and casual fans, which, which is something mm. that I'm happy we're able to execute because there is a lot of depth with the game of, of basketball, specifically tied to the NBA. So... Uh, if you aren't a sort of uh, rabid fan that watches and embraces everything you can on your on your team or that chosen sport, it's it's a good way to get in, get some get some entertainment, get some information, get some updates, and some, as you said, some hot takes that might not always be hundred uh, percent correct, but they're going to be at least hundred uh, percent full of value and uh, potential talking points. That's for sure, but. Yeah, that, that last dance Arkies did was really, really well put together. Had a few guests joining us on that one too. Mm. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting back into the swing of things on that once the uh, the season uh, finals and obviously the exhibition matches before that kick off uh, sort of tail end of next month or so. So yeah, life is becoming a little bit more normal for, for the sporting tragics out there. But yeah, I guess we could we could pivot into the staple, the usual sort of entry point we go to with uh, the Hungry Gamers here and talk about what we've been playing. I figure we'll go ladies first, uh, Ali Muggsy Bogues Heart. What you been up to this week? Um, I've actually been binge watching after me flaunting my ability to access HBO Max and rubbing into all Australian spaces. I actually binge watched uh, True Detective Season 1. Best season. Best season of the three. Everyone has recommended it to me. They've said it's very much a show that you would like. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of slow. And I was a bit worried. But after a while, it really picked up. And I, and by the end of it, I could totally tell why everyone recommended it to me. It was really, really good. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. Have you watched the second or third seasons I yet? I started watching the second season and I turned it off. <laughs> Yeah, this, the second season was still an okay watch, but compared to what Woody and, and McConaughey did in, in the first season, it's night and day. It's not the same. I Look, I'm assuming um, people recommended it to me originally because of the movies that I enjoy and the TV shows I enjoy. And yeah, it's usually pretty gritty, like... Like, you know, like Seven is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So I could definitely see that link with season one. However, Mm. season two really got like, got on the wrong foot with starting with a really bad song. Yeah. So. Yeah. Season three returns to form. It does. And it sort of slightly, 
it's not at the same tier as one, but it's sort of slightly under and then two's, yeah, sort of down here in the so dirt. So can I skip two? Yeah, yeah. You can, they're all completely standalone in their own capsule. So you could completely jump over two and, and get onto three. I might. Yeah, I'd, I'd skip Vince Vaughn personally if it was my review. Maybe I will. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, Mahersha Ali is is not too bad in in that role as well when he when he joined in. So, mm. yeah. Look, I think if you want to skip over season two, I wouldn't have uh, any complaints with that. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like, I've got to say, um, I I'm a big fan of Woody Harrelson. Like, I love everything that he ever he does and he ever will do. Um, like, I absolutely love Natural Born Killers, which he was Ooh, in. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah, and how good's Robert Downey Jr. is the Aussie oh in that movie? <laughs> we could just say a whole other podcast about that movie, really. Um, but the one magical thing this series did was actually made me appreciate Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I couldn't stand that guy. He's I, a good actor. I well, I don't know why. Every time like I've seen him in something, like I've just kind of been like, Ugh. like. Maybe it's because I read that he always had in his contract that he got to take his shirt off. Like that was always in his contract. But if if I look like that, I'd try and put that into my work contract. I'd just be yeah. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I didn't just But this like TV show, I, Clean Slate, Matthew McConaughey is fantastic. Um, mm. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who recommended it to me. If you are a person that hasn't seen it yet and has the opportunity to watch it, do it. I like watched all of it in like two days. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's a belter. It's only eight episodes. No, yeah, I think it's only eight. It's yeah. only an eight arc, and I think season two might be similar in three as well. Mm. Sadly, no HBO Max over here. Sorry, Obviously, guys. you get get your HBO fix via Foxtel or Binge. So I signed up to Binge this week. Uh, you get a fourteen day free trial, and you get you get pretty much the same smattering of HBO stuff on there as well at a massively reduced price compared to the the, the theft that. Uh, Foxtel does to your wallet every month so uh, mm. that's a plus mm. but um, I see you've also gone back uh, <laughs> turned the nostalgia clock back here uh, as far as what you've been playing so I was like going through the game pass Xbox game pass and I saw perfect dark and it didn't register as being the one that I played on Nintendo 64 because she didn't look like her but mm-hmm. I'm like it looks like it might be it so I installed it and I didn't realize that they like up to the graphics, like they remastered it and they, you know, smoothed everyone out essentially. Um, playing it on with an Xbox controller, it was really iffy. I don't remember the aiming being so like off. It, it, it's a bit twitchy from yeah. what I can remember playing this. Like it's real snappy, the aim. Yeah, it's like snappy, but then also not controlled. <laughs> Yeah, but you you sort of taking a shot of how it controls on an Xbox controller as opposed to what it would have been on a Nintendo 64 three-prong oh. of Doom hey. Trident controller. I Come mean, on now. A lot of us got used to that pretty quickly. We all know the weird like little hand movement that we all had to do where, you know, grasping the friggin' three-fingered claw that was, you know, the Nintendo 64 controller. But I mean, it's more like playability. Like I like I said like aiming, I felt like it was helping me and then than not like it was taking your pointer directly off it but in regards to playing it again and then having the ability to see the characters a bit more clearly and the audio being i don't know actually if the audio was improved but i mean went down memory lane and if it wasn't for the controls i probably would have kept going and tried to finish it again but um 
I mean, it was kind of fun to play kind of for the nostalgia trip, but I don't know if I will dedicate full-on gameplay to it. But mm. yeah, and I'm thinking about also playing Banjo-Kazooie, so... Damn, you you going just through the all the rare classics. Yeah, I mean the rare replay stuff yeah. is is really solid. I picked it up when it came out purely for that nostalgia factor to play Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie, but also Blast Core was oh, on that. Uh, I remember that list game. of games, and yeah. that was a a big one for for me in my childhood. So yeah, had a lot of fun with with that series. Um, kind of cool that they brought a couple of them back uh, onto Game Pass as well. Yeah. So. Look, I, I I would be lying if I said I didn't pick up Banjo Tooie on uh, on Game Pass as well to play that. So yeah, I never played it. Never played Tooie. Never it's played good. it. You need to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a massive step up from the first one. Really. Both in both in quality, but also in um like difficulty. Yeah, it it, it really ramps up. Huh. I just assumed that like because Banjo Kazooie was like the hype game, like you know the one that everyone played, everyone loved, everyone you know had nostalgia with i just assumed that Tui wasn't as great yeah it's easier to jump into uh the first one but like if you're looking for that natural progression and, and wanting something a little bit more i guess more as more of a time sink like this takes way more hours so hmm. but I, I i'm still hooked on it like i i i love it yeah yeah i'll have to give it a go now now that like someone actually said it was actually good <laughs> what do you what do you think the odds are that that microsoft have been working with rare in the background for an announcement for some of these sort of rare classics uh to be to be reimagined or like a sequel or a you know just a a, a new reboot on some of these titles on the series x like perfect dark was was one of the 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 bigger fps titles uh back in the day and obviously yeah banjo is another one obviously we're getting battle toads and stuff like that too but yeah. Like, like you'd think there'd be some hunger for for a brand new banjo or a brand new Perfect Dark. Like in this climate, like everyone loves a good platformer, and you can see the hype from the the remasters with with Crash and Spyro, and and obviously what they're doing with with Mario and Nintendo these days. Like, I think people would go bonkers for a bit of bit of banjo, or even a, even a new Conkers. Yeah, mm, I, I think there's always been a demand for a new. Um banjo game i feel like and, mm. and that sort of manifested itself into i guess the creation of ukulele from the old sort of uh, rare devs or people who worked on the banjo game because you can see it's it's essentially banjo kazooie with a you know a third banjo kazooie game with a different coat of paint mm-hmm. um but like, i agree like i think if if they could re- that revive some of those games and 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 get them either remastered or a, a new reboot for them so to speak i feel like people would eat that sort of stuff up like there was i think it wasn't ghosts and goblins that's a completely different company altogether but uh, there was a lot of stuff on that rare replay disc like there's 30 games there like they can certainly work something out even if it is just a you know a small collection of remastered or reimagined games i think mm. that'd be perfect like I'm, I'm having a look just through their sort of their games list they've done and obviously they've, they've been around for quite a substantial amount of time since the 80s but like obviously sea of thieves is their bread and butter at the moment which they're continuing to service but outside of that like rare replay and then sort of killer instinct and connect sports rivals they were one of sort of the <laughs> the studios that, that got pushed down that connect route when uh, that was a big thing but outside of that they haven't done much but yeah like viva pinata conquer grab by the ghoulies might be the one you could be thinking of um yeah actually tilby which yeah. is which is great wordplay in itself because anyone that knows 
some good slang. The ghoulies is like slang for your testes. So, um, but they're using yeah wordplay with ghoul as the as the phrasing there, which, which I'm all I'm all about a good pun. So, <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy if they kind of did Perfect Dark. Like, I don't see why that couldn't be made in the current climate and new graphics, first person shooter, female, you know, female lead. Maybe not. <laughs> seems seems perfect. I mean, like, there's that guy who's I think was making that HD remake of GoldenEye sixty four. I obviously I believe that got either taken down or was sort of like publicly distanced from Rare because they were like, this isn't our our doing here. Mm. So, but I just missed the Moonraker laser. Like having a you know a couple friends around, <laughs> four player multiplayer. You Give know, me that Moonraker's only. <laughs> la- oh, I was gonna say lasers only and just bang bang. You know or, or proximity mines proximity or whatever mines. and and uh and just going to town on it um that was always a lot of fun but yeah i think like a perfect dark reboot could easily work on a you know if it was an xbox exclusive or something oh. um like obviously the, the the climate is good for for first person shooters at the moment so yeah it'd be worth a shot definitely mm. yeah i'd play curious it. to see like they're, they're doing really well with sea of thieves obviously which it seems to be going from strength to strength with every new release and update. They've got a pretty good, rabid and dedicated fan base now, which is great because those games as a service, it's always interesting to see if they're going to survive. Yeah. But it looks like they've uh, they've sort of calmed yeah. the sea out there and uh, sort of riding off into the into the sunset, which is cool because it's good fun. Like I've fallen off it, uh, and that's no negative shot towards the game. I really enjoyed my time with Sea of Thieves, but just. It just happens. New game comes out, the new shiny thing takes your attention and then you sort of forget about the, the previous shiny thing you enjoyed so much. So I'm happy to mm. see other people still loving that Sea of Thieves though. Yeah, I mean, they've got their community now. I unfortunately can't play it alone because I can't stand being in the ocean. Open water. Yeah, yeah. like that scares the shit out of me. So, but yeah, like they've got a massive community, like a massive Sea of Thieves community out there. So I'm glad mm. it worked. Yeah, like I've got I've got friends who still play it on the reg um, pretty regularly, and I hadn't really played it since it sort of like first came out for its major release. Purely because I I was sort of the same. Like I didn't have a lot of friends to play it with at the time, and playing it by yourself can get a little tiresome. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's definitely a game you play with friends. But um, yeah, like you you said, like it's going from strength to strength. It certainly helps when you've got ads for your patch updates being marketed by uh, Matt Berry, um, you know, doing it in his sexy English accent. So I didn't know that. that's always, always a help. Yeah. He did, uh, he did this ad for, for Microsoft and he was, he's in a, you know, his nice crevasse and, and has his, you know, his nice fancy suit on and everything. And uh, you, you've got to look it up. Look it's, it up it's, yeah. it's very funny. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I think keep going with it. If anything, like Sea of Thieves obviously has its market um, and it, it's going pretty well. So why not keep going with it? I just like that they're, they're fleshing it out more and more with each each subsequent release. Like there's more mm. customization. There's now, you know, you can have your, your pets with you, your birds and your cats and things like that. There's more more things you can do to your ship. There's more story that you can unearth and more lore that you can sort of find through diaries and interactions with, with our, uh, NPCs in the game and... Yeah, it's, it's just good fun. I think it's just one of those games you can just lose hours upon hours doing nothing too. Like just the rigmarole of, of steering and, and capturing a ship with your friends is enough. Like, And obviously the, the water is, is phenomenal. The the water effects and just the, the look of it. A little rare too good. Knocked it out of the park from a fidelity point of view from the for the water. 
But yeah, a little too it's good little for too the, good. The, the phobias out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Maddie, what about you? What have you been playing? I see you got a got a few things here on the docket. Yeah, I I, I was hoping to come into today's recording not saying you know completely that I was playing Animal Crossing for like 10 hours straight um, and I've done that thankfully I mean I'm still playing Animal Crossing Stay it's strong. great I'm sure I'm sure you'll have that discussion in a sec but um, no I decided to, to mix it up uh, a little bit over my isolation break um, and I've thankfully been able to do so uh, first one was Void Bastards um, how is that which is it's it was released first on Windows and Xbox, mm-hmm. uh, sort of around this time last year, and then it just got ported to PS4 and Switch, um, which is sort of the reason why I went back and, and picked up the uh, the Xbox version on Game Pass. And it's very good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. It's made by a, an Australian company called Blue Manchu. Um, great name, by the way. Great name. Fantastic <laughs> name. Um, it's it's an interesting sort of design it's it's do you remember a, a first person shooter uh on the ps2 era called 13 uh very Aww. sort of like cell shaded comic booky um sort of action adventure sort of style first person shooter very similar to that they call it a roguelike first person shooter because it's very much there's a lot of strategy to it it's weird because the story is you're sort of like a rehydrated prisoner and you're sort of going from uh ship to ship trying to uh, salvage parts uh, for weapons and to sort of venture into the galaxy. But also you've got to take a real good look at how much food and fuel you have, because if you run out of food, you actually start losing health. And if you run out of fuel, you actually can't move anymore. So you have to stay where you are. And if you're not at a ship, when your fuel runs out, you're pretty much dead. So um, you've got to sort of hop from ship to ship and sort of encounter all these baddies and, you know, try and, and figure out the best route to whatever item you're looking for and get out alive. You've only got a certain amount of um, CO2 in your canister. So there's a lot of strategy in, in terms of, do I go to this ship and pick this up and risk running into the plentiful amount of monsters that are on this ship? Or do I risk it, skip past this ship, lose health, and then, you know, go to the ship that doesn't have a lot of monsters and may have less fuel and just encounter less monsters and save, you know, not dying essentially, because when you die, you're going right back to the beginning again, you're regenerated as a new prisoner, but you keep all of the weapons and upgrades that you've got. So you're sort of learning what you're doing. You know, you, you, you learn from your mistakes and you start back at the beginning again. Um, like I've played maybe six to eight hours of it at this point in time. And I have probably haven't even got past what is essentially the first major mission because it's there's a lot of strategy to it and I'm still sort of working things out but man it's it's a lot different to what I normally play but it's it's very interesting I, I like that they've taken that formula and sort of merged it with a that FPS sort of aesthetic because you don't really see that with with this genre and the art style like I haven't played it yet I, I have downloaded it on on game pass as well you know shout out to xbox and microsoft for that again but um i just look every time i look at it i just think of like old school 90s cartoons like i think of like scooby-doo and the ghostbusters cartoon and stuff like that's the the art aesthetic that i pull from it all the time with the the creatures and and the the sort of color palette choice and things like that like Mm. it looks so cool and it's so unlike anything else out there 
Do you remember? Yeah. Do you guys ever watch that uh, movie, A Scanner Darkly? Yes. Yeah, I get vibes. From I get that some vibes as well. of that yeah. from this too. Yeah, it's it's because it's styled the the actual game is sort of styled like a comic book, because when you die, it'll actually show like panels of you hitting the ground. It'll say third, and and when you, even when you're walking around in in the ships, you can actually sort of trace uh, monsters' footsteps coming past you by you can hear like thud thud or tap 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 through doorways you can actually see the little words pop up to that's sort of cool. indicate that's there's really a monster cool. possibly nearby or a squelch if there's like a, a jelly monster or whatever sort of coming past you or whatnot so yeah it's definitely got that sort of 90s comic book style which i think is very cool but um it's easy to get distracted in that sense because it's uh it's difficult yeah i've i've died far too many times to be honest mm. but still loving it and i'm still trying to uh get that ID card and the printer scanner so I can uh, finally start up my ship and get uh, a little bit further into the uh, the galaxy. It looks so good. And it's awesome to see an Aussie developer having some success because you just look at look at the reception it's received around the traps and, and on Steam, obviously, it's it's very positive with its, you know, over two and a half, like nearly two and a half thousand reviews and it's sitting at very positive now that it's part of Xbox Game Pass, will open itself up to more uh, sort of players and, and whatnot. And it's, it's yeah, nice to see. Uh, and also, I, Blue Manchu gets me every time. Great, man. <laughs> every time. Great I think the, the only sort of downside to it is, is it probably is a little bit repetitive. Just the idea of sort of jumping from ship to ship to ship to do the same thing. And mm-hmm. obviously, each ship is, obvious, is uh, uh, procedurally generated. So it's all random from each ship. Uh, but... I mean, it's a, only a small downside to it. I've been loving it so far. Yeah, yeah. I see a few other games you've been playing. Have you been loving these ones as well? Sure have. Um, MLB The Show 20. Um, I did a review for it on uh, the 8-Bit YouTube page if you want to go and have a look at that one. But um, this might be the best sports sim I've ever played, like hands oh, down. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, like, it probably doesn't get the, the sort of love that people deserve to give it because not only in Australia, baseball probably isn't as big a sport as say, you know, NBA or FIFA. Um, and also because it's a PlayStation exclusive. So it probably isn't mm. reaching the the wider audience that it deserves to reach, but it's, it's so full of stuff. Like graphically looks great, plays great. But I think what wins out is just how much there is to do. You've obviously got your normal season modes. You're, you be a pro where you take yourself from, you know, the lower leagues up into Major League Baseball, which is normally my bread and butter. There's uh, moments modes where you're playing sort of um, little scenarios from, you know, history. Normally, if the season was going on, like, because obviously the season's, you know, been paused because of the uh, the COVID situation, they would normally update it sort of every week with uh, scenarios from the week that just happened. So let's say like Bryce Harper hits, you know, two home runs in one game, you've got the amount of at-bats you get because your player locked to Bryce Harper, you need to recreate that sort of situation and you'll get rewards for, you know, cleats and things that you can use in, in other modes in the game. And That's cool. There's just, a, there's so much to do. Like it, it, it can, you hold your hand as well. Like if you're only, you know, a, a novice to baseball games like this, you can hold your hand and you can play with, you know, more aids, I guess, in, in that sort of sense. But if you, if you want that sort of full experience, you, you just, play it as it is and it's it's fantastic like i mean i love baseball so it's it's always been something i've been picking up every sort of year but yeah i think it it, it's 
by far one of the the better sort of sports sims on the market one of the best i've ever played yeah big that's some big praise like it's it's still strange to me that it's a playstation 4 exclusive like you think mlb would have tried to go industry-wide and and get xbox and whether it be on pc as well or if they can port a lesser version to a switch to try and maximize the player base and the earning potential of this like i i do love me some baseball uh I don't think I could grip my way through a 160 plus game season plus the finals <laughs> plus working through you know double A to triple A and everything like that starting as a rook but it's cool to see and and yeah to hear that you're sort of putting it up there as one of the best sports sims of all time like that's that's no small praise like hmm. that's pretty pretty hefty because there's been a lot of good sports games out there you know things like red card soccer goes down as one of the best sports <laughs> games of all time Just I'm being able a, to kick I'm people in the nuts I'm more of a sensible soccer man myself, oh, personally. Okay. But <laughs> no, give me the um, nut shots any day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it, full credit to San Diego Studios, the guys who uh, create the game every year. Like they've been able to sort of slowly add to it year by year by year. Um, you can sort of see that sort of stuff happening with you know NBA 2K to a lesser extent FIFA, but yeah, no, they certainly add to it. You know, pretty regularly every year, and they've they've been finding new ways to enhance the online experience uh diamond dynasty is sort of like their the ultimate team mode where you'll you'll earn cards to to uh fill out your team and and not only that like it's it's the same as nba 2k we can actually earn historical players mm-hmm. like you can have jackie robinson and, and babe ruth and can you get all the steroid users and just make an old juice team <laughs> the bash brothers <laughs> no no word on, on whether i can find barry bonds yet but uh maybe his card will just have a big asterisk on it yeah we'll a bit of happens. bonds bit of mark uh, mcguire yeah give me all them roid users sucking some dingers but um <laughs> No, look, I, I absolutely love it. Like if, for me, when I've just got, you know, a bit of spare time, I'll, I'll chuck that on and, and play a couple of games. And um, there's also like, there's a there's a mode where it's like March to October, which is like the a season sort of um, condensed into to maybe like a couple of moments where you'll play maybe like the seventh to the ninth inning and you've got a, you've got a scenario where you've got to finish off strong. You're like, you've come from behind or you play a lock to one player. And if you play well with that player, you'll get a, a season long boost for that player. So there's like, there's a, cavalcade of modes it's 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 deep it's deep it's very deep i'm absolutely enthralled with it i gotta gotta ask you both especially you miss hart now that you're on the ground over in the the baseball mecca of the united states outside obviously like japan uh it's probably the biggest in in the in the world but what's the teams you guys are barracking for have you got a you got a team you get behind in the mlb i'll let ali go first with that one oh mine's the padres i thought it was going to be Okay. Um, I I have two technically. Um, You're one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a f- first and foremost. I'm a Los Angeles Angels fan. Okay. Um, they were the first baseball game I ever went to see. Um, so instant uh, affinity with them. But I'm also a, a bit of a closet Philadelphia Phillies fan. Okay. Um, got big love for for Philadelphia, having been there. Um, so yeah. I, I I try I try not to say it too loudly, but I can support both when I can. Yeah, yeah. Like I um I, I guess I'm gonna sort of uh, contradict what I just said about you. I'm I'm a Blue Jays boy just because I sort of owe Canada, but uh, also I've got a little bit of a, a, a soft spot for the Cubs as well, just because I saw my first game I saw over there and 
they were trash for for many many years and, and obviously had the had the curse but they've finally uh broken that but yeah the the blue jays are my my homeboys and um come on yeah. boys pick one team it's not that difficult <laughs> <laughs> i mean Give i me only picked jays. mine because it's home turf and my knowledge of baseball is just hot dogs and margarita mix cans so only get wasted at baseball games is what i'm saying yeah, because they go for so long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> so long. But anywho, let's keep rocking around. One last game you've been playing. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on how uh, Borderlands the Handsome Collection has been playing on that Nintendo Switch. Mm. It's it's pretty good. I'm surprised. Um, I was sort of a bit worried uh, hearing the news about the, the Outer Worlds port for the Switch and how it sort of graphically came off like a, you know, a smacked asshole. Um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> that's a pretty precise smack to be able to get between the cheeks. Like you almost have to ask them to sort of, hey, just just spread spread them little butt cheeks a minute. Let me let me get in here. Maybe not the terminology I was looking for, but um, no, it, it it certainly holds up very well. Um, I think the the cell shaded sort of style of Borderlands probably lends itself to being a little bit less graphically optimized, but. Yeah, no, like the, the frame rate is is pretty good and, and, and runs pretty well. Um, I've only sort of, yeah, scraped the surface of it yeah, in the first game, sort of only about four or five hours on it. But yeah, currently doing a review for that for uh, 8-Bits YouTube as well. So you'll see a bit more of me talking about that soon. But yeah, positive things so far. I haven't really jumped into it uh, when it came out on console. Um, I sort of escaped the hype of the, all of that somehow, but... Yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying it a lot so far, and uh, we'll see how we go. Nice, nice. Who uh, who did you pick as your uh, Vault Hunter? Who are you playing as? Uh, I'm going to say Brick. I was going to say Brick. Yeah, I went Brick. Nice, nice. Who would you cast him as in the next in the movie coming up? We know we've got Kate Blanchett as uh, Lilith. Who are you going with Brick? I was going to look. I was going to say Dwayne Johnson. Mm. As big as you can get, but I guess like, I mean, you could even go. What's the name of the guy who played the mountain in Game of Thrones? Oh, Bjorn something somethingson. Yeah. Yeah, like he's probably as close as you could get physically. Maybe like um, a Batista. Batista's a bit of a big unit. Yeah, true. Now that's not a bad bad pick. He's he certainly jumped into movies now that he's stopped wrestling, but uh that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of choices more than now that I think about it. Who are you casting as Brick Miss Hart? We've already talked about this before. I know. We're going full circle. Yeah, and you took my answer. Batista. Yeah, maybe Tom Ooh. Hardy could work in that role. Tom Hardy gets pretty staunch. I know you don't like him. I just wanted an excuse to throw him in there to wind you up. <laughs> All right. Now, I've just been playing more Apex Legends, but we need to, don't need to talk about that. It's still going well. And uh, yeah, console, much easier to play on the PC. But uh, yeah, let's move on to this next part. iTunes Review of the Week. And this review comes via way of iTunes user Chubby Doug and uh, based here in the AU. And the review headline reads, Staying Hungry, and he gave us that tasty, tasty five stars. And the review is nice, short, clear and concise, and it just says, Love what you guys bring each and every week. Full stop. Very nice. Mm. Chubby Doug, I respect you, and uh, I hope that uh, that chubbiness is treating you well. As a heavier set man like myself too, I can I can understand where you're coming from. But thank you for taking the time to write a review for us here on the Apple Podcast Charts. Those reviews 
mean the world to us. Obviously, they help keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective and all the other podcasts you're just listening to out there on the reg because these reviews mean the world, keep us relevant, keep us tracking and just keep us hungry to keep doing what we're doing. So uh, yeah, just take some time, takes no money. And uh, yeah, as I said, it can mean an awful lot to podcasters like ourselves. But Chubby Doug, you're the best. But let's get into a little bit more housekeeping before we do a bit more news. So obviously, uh, 8bitnation.net, shop8bit.net, youtube.com forward slash we are 8bit to check out those video reviews that Tilby is starting to churn out as well uh, to uh, find all the latest and greatest in the 8bit universe. Obviously, those hubs or even just 8bit.net is another good central hub there. It's it's our main website, obviously. So uh, yeah, stay up to date with all the other happenings in the hashtag 8bit collective. Uh, We've got a new episode of The Hungry Game Show dropping this week. Uh, going full circle and tying in some of that Borderlands flavor. Uh, we're covering Borderlands 2 with uh, the streaming sensation known as Subpar Lover. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, Borderlands 2 v Subpar Lover dropping this week. Timed access via patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit, but uh, will be available free of charge the following week right here on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed as well. So if you can't support us on Patreon, fear not, it will be available to everybody the week after. Uh, and we also have a new competition going live this week. We are going to be giving away some more of that AT swag as well as some 8-bit swag. So keep your uh, eyes peeled to twitter.com forward slash we are 8-bit for the details for that competition. It's going to be really simple to enter. It's going to be also open to uh, listeners and fans in Australia, New Zealand and America, Canada. So yeah, we are opening up the floodgates. We can send this stuff anywhere. But after that, let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news. New gameplay of cancelled Avengers game appears. And this comes via way of Matt Perslow at IGN. 10 minutes of new footage from the cancelled first-person Avengers game has been uploaded to the internet, captured from an early build that was secured by a video game preservation community. Never heard of that term before, I must say. So that's a, mm. that's a new one for me. This version of the Avengers game was discovered on a hard drive by Obscure Gamers and the footage uploaded by Andrew Borman, the digital games curator at the Museum of Play. In the tweet above, in the video highlighted, you can see Captain America in action hurling his shield at enemy scrolls and the full video on YouTube also demonstrates Iron Man, Thor and Hulk in action too. The footage is clearly taken from an early build of the game which features sparse, undetailed levels, placeholder collectibles and untextured enemy models. But despite the early nature of the assets, you can easily see the kind of first-person co-op brawling gameplay that the project was working towards. This Avengers project was set to be a co-op game that would coincide with the release of the first Avengers movie and was inspired by the Secret Invasion comic book arc in which the Skrulls invade Earth by shape-shifting into members of society and taking their place. In the menus, we can spot several key Marvel locations as levels, including S.H.I.E.L.D.'s headquarters, the Triskelion. The game, which was in development in 2011 at THQ Studio Australia and Blue Tongue Entertainment, was eventually cancelled after THQ suffered financial troubles and was eventually forced to close. While the Avengers co-op sadly never saw completion release, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix are currently working on a new third-person Marvel's Avengers co-op game due to release this coming September. You'll be able to see more from the game. I'm just going to cut that little bit out there. Due to release this September. So... This video, yeah, it certainly doesn't win any awards from a graphical fidelity standpoint. That is for damn sure. (laughs) But first person co-op developed here in Australia 
check, check, check with a little bit of that Marvel hotness thrown in, uh, which, you know, depending on, on how things unfolded with THQ, if, if it went a different way, this game could have sold many a unit because obviously the Avengers was a global phenomenon and, and a massive success at the box office and has spawned even more Avengers films and offshoots and whatnot. But what did you think? You guys check out this gameplay. Would you have uh, be keen to play this if it dropped way back when? No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, no uh, the confession is is that I'm actually not a big fan of the Avengers. So, like, I it's definitely one game that I wouldn't have rushed out to play. And then playing, um, oh, what was the game that they released and it was just essentially just button bashing? Was it Marvel something? Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So, after my kind of reception from that game, I, bad, like, bad taste. So, I probably would definitely wouldn't have played this one. Damn. Yeah. Damn, wow. that's, that's some fierce hot takes. What about you, Tilby? Did this like get you thinking about, oh, what could have been? Way back in 2011, this could have been awesome. Yeah, look, I I had an interest in it purely because it was less sort of ammo-based because obviously the footage with Captain America, you were sort of throwing the shield and using it as that sort of you know boomerang sort of style. Mm. I thought that was kind of cool based on the fact that you didn't have ammo um, and it would have been obviously a little bit different for Iron Man because he's obviously shooting the lasers out of his hands. But that sort of style of, you know, you've got to plan things a little bit carefully so you can get your, your shield back and you're working more on a brawling sort of style. It sort of meshes both of those first-person and third-person styles together quite well that obviously Avengers games probably lend themselves more to a third-person style. But, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been an interesting idea... Um, particularly if, if we're going off that sort of Left 4 Dead four-player style, fend off, you know, a whole bunch of baddies idea. Whether I would have played it at the time, I don't know, because, like, I only sort of got into the Avengers probably around the second one, Age of Ultron, um, and that's when I really sort of jumped on board with it. But, I mean, it certainly looks all right. Like, the idea is, is, is certainly there, and whether or not, you know, like you said, whether if THQ had, you know, existed to this day, whether the, the full idea of it as it was intended would have seen the light of day is a different story but um yeah look i it looked all right to me yeah i, th- I think it had some potential that's for sure the the first person thing's a little bit weird to me because yeah as, as you said tilby it's it's something that doesn't typically sort of go hand in hand with sort of co-op action adventure games like i guess there is some shooter mechanics in this depending on who you're playing as but it's typically that third person over the shoulder type of cam you'd be used to and you'd think with a game like this, you'd want the characters front and center the whole time. You want to be able to have that constant 24-7 brain recognition into just seeing, you know, Hulk's hands or Iron Man's hands instead of front of you like this. Like, Yeah, it looked like with Iron Man's ones, you could hear his hands were just sort of up the whole time. It's yeah. like he doesn't do that throughout He's just the ready movie. to photon blast everybody. <laughs> He's just, yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's, it's a shame that uh, yeah, obviously... The, the closure that happened with with THQ and, and Blue Tongue Entertainment, uh, which which was a fairly predominant studio for Australia back in the day, like and they did do some previous Marvel games on the Wii, so they did have some experience with the franchise. I never played said Marvel game on the Wii that released a few years prior to sort of the 2011 troubles, but I guess they didn't do that bad a job if they were getting brought back into this. Uh, but yeah, we luckily we don't have to wait too long to experience what 
the next step would be in this sort of Avengers co-op formula because yeah, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix have got that going. Um, I've played some of the early alpha or beta or whatever you want to call the tech demo that they had showcased at PAX. Did you play that at all, Tilby? Did you get a chance to give that a go? No, I I didn't. Um, It was a very long line pretty much the entire weekend and I didn't really want to, uh, you know, interrupt my my drinking time. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, I I did stop to to have a bit of a look at it while people were playing and it looks okay. Like, Mm. I mean, I I didn't see too much of it, but like from the the sort of style of it sort of being over the shoulder third person um, looked pretty decent. And I think that sort of lends itself a little bit better to that sort of four player co-op style. Um, whether or not it will function any well, I you know because we've heard all the you know the the tweets and all the the public outcry about how awful it looks and how it sounds and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm I, I'm quietly confident, but I wouldn't be surprised if people sort of you know slam it for not being the MCU um, because that's the only way that people will, yeah. will find themselves satisfied um, and these sort of times but i mean i am kind of one of those people as well i was like why can't marvel versus capcom ultimate have like an mcu mode where all of the marvel characters are all just voiced by their and you know and likeness by their you know mcu counterparts but that's a dream of mine that will probably never happen yeah Uh, but yes it's a shame because like i get you and that's probably the hardest part for games fans to to disconnect or re on it like like sort of release that attachment because they immediately think of iron man and captain america as uh you know robert downey jr and they they can only sort of envision them as that character so then they see generic tony stark xy being made by the game studios that look nothing like robert downey jr they're like this isn't right this is some cheap knockoff now because they don't have that attachment uh that we're used to so it is tough like and, and the game was a little bit jarring in that regard. Like you see Thor and it looks, obviously it's nothing like Chris Hemsworth and the, the voice acting. They've gone like full like Norse God sort of style where it's like, oh, I am mighty Thor and whatever else. But like graphically, it looked pretty cool. The combat was nice. I liked that There was this variety in the gameplay, whether you're playing as Thor, Iron Man, uh, Hulk, Black Widow, they all play differently and, and sort of handle tasks differently. Uh, obviously, Taskmaster is, is the the boss that you fight at the back end of that demo as as Black Widow too, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they they do come September when this drops. Um, I, I thought it looked good, but just yeah, it's just trying to disconnect from the film franchise to the game and and try and not peg Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow and whoever else is as the other characters. That's the hardest part for me trying to disconnect. Mm. Like I, I definitely had issues with the the Marvel versus Capcom Tony Stark, who very clearly tried to put on the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. you know style of, of voice acting, and it. it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's terrible, mm. but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that irks me still that no one talks about the, the just the shadow recasting of War Machine, like uh, Terrence Terrence Howard <laughs> getting cold after the first one, and and Don Cheadle's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. But like no one addressed it, no one talked about it at all. It just happened, and I'm like, Man, oh, people talk about it. What did Terrence do? Yeah, people talk and he's, about and he's, it. They, he references it in the movie when he comes in in Iron Man Two. He's like, yes, I know this is weird. Just let's move on about mm. it. It's like, yes, I look different. It's like, okay, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, September, Marvel's Avengers, done by Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix. Get keen. 
I can confidently say that it's not going to be a day one purchase for Miss Hart, but maybe Tilby and I, we will be uh, probably picking it up and, and rumbling uh, mm. with the various characters from Marvel. Mm. We'll have to see. I know Benny from 8-Bit is uh, excited to grab this one and do like a co-op uh, with the boys from 8-Bit, so we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Mm. Something that we don't have to wait and see anymore is Sega celebrating its 60th anniversary and bringing out a Game Gear Micro to coincide with this anniversary. And this article comes by way of Martin Robinson over at Eurogamer. Word's been going around for a while that Seegers had some big news planned for this past week, and it's leading in with the announcement of a very small console, the Game Gear Micro. Coming out in four variants in Japan to mark the 30th anniversary of Seegers' only dedicated portable system. Due out on October 6th in Japan only for now, Four variants each come with their own four games, meaning you have to collect all four to get the entire 16-game catalog. It's a decent list, though, with developer Ancient's take on Sonic the Hedgehog, for my money, one of the very best Sonic games, leading the way on the black version of the Game Gear Micro, alongside Pure Puyozzo, Outrun, and Royal Stone, known as Crystal Warriors in the West. The yellow edition is something of a Shining Force special with three of Sega's RPGs being bundled with Nazo Puyo Ale Noru, a puzzle RPG hybrid. There's an Atlas special with the red edition giving us two Megami Tensei games alongside Gigi Shinobi and Columns, while the final variant offers up Sonic and Tails, the incredible puzzler Baku Baku Animal, and Sylvan Tail alongside the Game Gear port of Gunstar Heroes, um, which adds neat symmetry to the Game Gear Micro. At the version, as the version of Gunstar Heroes helped put developer M2 on the map. And it's M2 that's overlooking this device just as it did with the Mega Drive Mini. This is a quirkier device with a small screen that's a mere one inch wide. There'll be a magnifier accessory available, but still, the Game Gear Micro does trump its predecessor in potentially offering up up to three hours of battery life from two AA batteries, from two AAA batteries, I should say. Quite some improvement over the one hour from six AA batteries the original Game Gear provided. It's priced at 49.80 yen, which roughly translates to around 65 AUD. So you're going to be looking at like $260 Australian if you want to buy these four. And that doesn't even include important conversions and stuff because it's yeah only scheduled for Japan at the moment. Yeah, Sega were teasing some hype uh, on the back of... Uh, the back of these uh, announcements on their anniversary. And this was the thing they led off with. And I'm just like, uh, what? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Like, let's let's run through the checklist here. Very small, mm-hmm. yeah. brightly colored, mm-hmm. uh, multiple games. So you've got to collect a whole bunch of them. Are we sure that these weren't supposed to be originally marketed for like a McDonald's Happy Meal? Like, there's all the, all this, you know, the classic tropes of being something that you'd find in like a you know a cereal box or a happy Mm -hmm. meal or something but like interesting idea as someone with slightly larger hands i don't think i would ever pick one of these up because i would be squinting (laughs) for well i would yeah possibly but yeah i i also have terrible eyesight as well so i don't want to be squinting at my games while i play them hey you can't there is a magnifier on the way so uh that one inch may become 2.2 inches also what's a magnifier like because if it's a little thing it's not going to attach to the thing. So is it like a pair of like glasses that are magnifying? Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Two magnifying glasses just like this. I remember like there was a whole bunch of uh, add-ons back in the day for the Game Boy Advance that was a, a pretty similar magnifying glass that sort of 
connected onto the top and sort of flipped over and sort of was sitting maybe you know five or six centimeters above the game boy advance and it was mm-hmm. a big sort of magnifying wow. glass like that. i remember that baby wow i would assume it'd be pretty some you know pretty similar to something like that Damn. but even still like that was very cumbersome and i i don't think something like that would be as enjoyable on something this small so no. Miss Miss Hart, as you're the the resident Sega kid and the Sonic tragic, does the uh, the little black micro at least potentially get you interested because it's well, got uh, Sonic on there? Well, one's got Sonic the Hedgehog and the other one and has one's Sonic, Sonic and Tails. Tails yeah. yeah, and I'm like, you dodgy bastards! You could have put at least both of them on the same one, but no. How do you sell multiples? So um, I like those two games. So, but it won't make me buy it. No. <laughs> You don't mm. like it enough to drop sixty-five Australian dollars on one of these little, uh, well, little Tamagotchi-looking things. Behind the curtain of this recording, I'm wearing glasses right now. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but then you can go like to the fourth dimension and put magnifying glasses <laughs> oh, in front of your glasses. She's on the grid. I'm going to be so cool. Yeah, no hard pass on this one. I'm already complaining about being old. Yeah, like I, I. I'm in the same boat because it's like, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog is really a great game that I can enjoy. But then I also like Gunstar Heroes, but it's on a completely different uh, one of the version of the console altogether. So, like, I can understand why they've done it to sort of in, you know, encourage people to buy it all. But, you know, I'm not a fan personally. No, I like your idea of it being a $65 Happy Meal toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I still think the best Happy Meal toys that I can remember was the transforming Happy Meal foods. Remember, they were mm-hmm. like little transformers and there was the fries, the shake, the burger, and they turned into little transformers. They were my favorites. Closely followed by the Batman movie released of the frosted glasses. Oh, yes. Oh, they were phenomenal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And pivoting to the KFC Happy oh, limited runs, remember the, the Looney Tunes mugs they did where it was the Looney Tunes characters' heads? Yeah. Like they were chef's kiss as well my tazzy devil mm. one i think it's still in the cupboard somewhere but the handle's a bit janky <laughs> just like this pull- game gear micro you'll have to pull it out and show it for the people on twitter i will it's a, it's a beauty oh no <laughs> jeff goldblum's fallen off my monitor i just want to say all the secrets of everything everyone said and then that sound it's gonna sound hilarious <laughs> One thing that I wanted to say, sort of doubling back to this Game Gear Micro, I find it weird that they've gone the, the, the physical battery route as opposed to having like a little internal battery you could charge via USB. Who has batteries mm. anymore? Like two AAA batteries to put into it. I know maybe they're trying to stay on brand like this thing used to take six AA's for the, the full-size Game Gear, but yeah, have a little internal battery you could charge. Or maybe mm. maybe you have to buy like Sega specific AAA batteries only or something, and maybe they're doing a further cash grab. Who knows? Yeah, it, it's it's weird. Like small is out. Like things haven't been small for you know maybe five or six years in a, in a serious sense. Like if anything, wouldn't you go even bigger? Like mm. that seems to be in now as as a younger person Game in today's Gear society. <laughs> Game, game Gear Macro or something. I mean, it's they're just like, you know, trying to cling on to all those people that bought what, the Micro Nintendos and Micro Mega Drive. What, what were they called? Minis? Were they called Minis? The ones yeah, the, minis and yeah. Things. yeah, the Mega so Drive guess, Mini, SNES Mini. It was Play I've, got, I've got two of those three you've mentioned here, so I can't say too much. 
God, if they make an if they make a Nintendo sixty four one though, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm in. I'm fully depends in. Depends what they have on it. I miss. Yeah, my 64. true. I mean, the PlayStation one wasn't great, and even then, I was still like, "Ooh, Tekken three <laughs> Considering, I I haven't even powered either of them up. I have the SNES and the PlayStation one, and they're both just sitting on a shelf. <laughs> somewhere in here i yeah, haven't even powered them two up two snesses and one of them was like holding a door open or something i remember <laughs> that's very true it was a door chock for a while there <laughs> oh well love you snes all right so uh the the next bit of news i wanted to sort of bring to the table today the a triple c finds sony 3.5 million dollars over digital refunds and this comes via way of tegan jones akataku Australia's federal court has handed Sony Europe a $3.5 million fine for making false and misleading representations to Australians regarding their digital refunds and their Australian consumer law rights. The case began in May 2019 when the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, aka the ACCC, announced its its intentions to take Sony Europe to court. Sony has now been found guilty of misleading four customers who were told by a customer service representative that Sony was not required to refund games once they had been downloaded or if 14 days had passed since its purchase. Sony Europe has admitted liability and will also be contributing to the ACCC's legal costs. Consumer guarantee rights do not expire after digital product has been downloaded and certainly do not disappear after 14 days or any other arbitrary date claimed by a game store or developer, ACCC Chair Rod Sims said in a statement. The federal court also stated that Sony Europe was in breach of Australian consumer law by telling these customers between October 2017 and May 2019 that a refund did not need to be provided if the game developer hadn't authorized it. Another separate customer had been told that Sony Europe would only provide a refund in virtual PlayStation currency. Consumers can obtain a repair, replacement, or refund directly for products with a major fault from sellers and simply cannot be sent to a product developer, said Sims. Refunds under the consumer guarantees must also be written in cash or money transfer if the consumer originally paid in one of those ways, unless the consumer chooses to receive store credit, Sims said. According to the ACCC, Sony's Europe's terms of service during this time period also implied that consumer guarantee rights did not extend to digital games. Consumers who buy digital uh, digital products online have exactly the same rights as they would if they made the purchase at a physical store, Sims said. Sims also reiterated that regardless of a company's headquarters, ACL applies whenever Australians are being sold to. Oh, wherever. No, whenever Australians are being sold to. The ACCC successfully fined Valve $3 million for similar ACL violations back in 2016. The company failed to advertise its refund policy on Steam between 2011 and 2014 and also refused to provide refunds. This case spanned several years and eventually ended up in the high court. So my goodness, the the ACCC, they don't fuck around. Like, I, I don't sort of keep my eyes too firmly on the other justice systems around the world in regards to video games. But like from my mind, Australia seems to be one of the leaders in, in trying to make these various companies accountable for their potential sort of gray area business operations. So $3.5 million is no joke. No. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's interesting because it now sort of creates that slippery slope for people wanting returns for, you know, people might view something as 
faulty and someone you know might or the the developers themselves might say this isn't a, a, a fault you know it might be one thing to to say look I want a refund for WWE 2K20 because it's busted to all hell but you know it's a little bit different to say oh well there's a glitch in my game I just want to return it back and you know who's gonna who's gonna be that independent party who's going to look at that and determine what's what so mm. um it's it's interesting that they're, they're sort of doing this now um like you said they did it to valve and, and um i know now that people can get refunds on steam but yeah it, it's it's a an interesting way to look at things for for playstation users mm-hmm. yeah and and they also ruled earlier this week regarding um refunds for fallout 76 so they've sort of pushed some stuff down the channel where <laughs> eb games have to provide cash-based refunds for fallout 76 i'm still debating if i go do the pushback and get that obviously you can see my my power armor helmet sort of sitting here in the background where's the bag <laughs> my canvas bag is in the in the cupboard there it's Oops. uh by the cupboard, you mean trash? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's it's right next to the bin. Yeah, no, nah. I need to keep it out of principle after hearkening on about it for so long. That's uh, the new door propper. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's right there with the SNES Mini. So, uh, yeah, Miss Hart, what do you think about this? Like, this is this is another big power play from the A Triple C. I'm cu- I just want to double double check. Is it based on like a broken game, or is it also that kind of like, oh, I wasn't happy with this game? They they don't go into the, the it's I, from my understanding and sort of doing some digging around it was they just weren't happy with it so uh, the game wasn't to the standard of these these four people that have put these various cases forward but I'm curious to to sort of know uh, regarding the Sony representative like from their customer service department that said that I wonder how hard the hammer has gone down on them for this. Because they're the ones that sort of are getting named here for for naming, like providing this misleading information in air quotes, but because it's probably pushed down the channel from their boss. <laughs> yeah. The, the dev team, the dev team of uh, No Man's Sky, breathing a collective sigh of relief <laughs> um, that it, this came out when it did. Because like, if this had come out when they just released that game, they probably wouldn't be in business anymore. Oh, I would boy. suspect. That's true. I mean, they brought up Steam here. Now, Steam has the policy that you can return a game, like, I guess, no questions asked, as long as you don't go over a certain amount of hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. have which usually I, a Which policy. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair, too, because this is this is what I'm getting at, where, it's like, if, you know, the ACCC starts really, you know, pounding down on these, like, companies, then they're like, no, you've got to give the refund. You've got to follow these standards. If it's just a cusp, like a person saying, like, I'm just not happy with the game. It wasn't what I was expecting. Could you imagine how many people will buy like AAA games, play them through, and go, you know what, didn't like it, returned. Just like you do with physical at EB Games, you got that seven day no questions asked return policy. You buy it, you smack it out in seven days, you take it back. Oh, what? What's wrong? Oh, I can't believe just didn't all like these it. years. This is what a- <laughs> the hungry game is still preaches. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, don't give them those Turbo ideas, guys. Right there. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, no, like I definitely think um, I'm glad that there was a focus on like why is purchasing a game digitally not followed in the same standards as a physical copy. I always thought that was a bit weird. Like it's the same exact same thing, but... um, Yeah, purchase is a purchase, right? Yeah, and I know Mm. like if you're buying it in a store, obviously the store has their own policies as well. But I mean, in the end, like, yeah, like a a customer's entitled to like, especially if the game's broken, like that's just dodgy ass. (laughs) I'm so glad we talked about Fallout. It also like changes it as well when it is a, a digital only release as well. So like... 
those sorts of games are a little bit more open to being you know created by an indie developer and sometimes they may not be up to the sort of physical standpoint as you know say like a triple a game as well so those sorts of games have to be up to the same sort of i guess critical purchaser standpoint as a as a you know a boxed game one that you'd find at eb or or jb so um, i can understand that they want to you know cover all their bases with with all of their game purchases Mm. what happened with anthem why didn't a bunch of people complain about anthem yeah maybe it's not complaining loud enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah god i I wouldn't mind my money back from anthem that's for damn sure well you can use that to prop up your door you've got a a lot to prop up your door now (laughs) Yeah, no matter how strong the wind is outside, it ain't moving. That's for sure. With all my uh, all my props, but yeah, it's it's crazy to see. And but one thing I'm curious about is that 3.5 million dollars. Where does that money go for one? Like, uh, is that like there was the four they they mentioned four customers were misled. Are they getting paid damages on top of the cost of returning No Man's Sky or whatever it is, or do they just get their 99 dollars? cash credit back or are they going to get you know a, a portion of this 3.5 million obviously they're not going to get six figures or you know things like that but where's this money going apart from i guess to to the governments and and things like that like that's one thing i'm always curious about this is where does this three million dollars worth of fine go yeah i like yeah, I, where do they distribute one. that cash I, like mm. you go to the ACCC and they represent you essentially like free of charge, right? Like that's what they are. They're a government body and they're meant to represent you as a consumer. So maybe they got their money back, but I don't think they got like any kind of extra chunk of change. That's yeah. the government's, mm. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you just know that one of the, some of these customers are emotional duress and all this because they're stressed that the customer service representative didn't address their needs and talk to them in a wrong tone and now they can't work anymore and seven years of they've retail, lost passion baby. for gaming and blah 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 like heard it all thanks son's crying mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yeah. so yeah i'd be i'd love to know where that money goes and how it gets distributed but yeah the a triple c just coming in strong again like against two like valve and sony are two of the largest gaming companies in the entire world and between the two of them the ACCC's has now got 6.5 million dollars out of them so damn 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 good news 100 percent, 100 percent. and the the last bit of sort of news or, or topic or point of discussion that we wanted to bring to the table here for the hungry game show episode 197 uh it's, it's a little bit of a, a shift in tone Obviously, you heard sort of the the pre-recorded um, sort of battle cry that we put at the start of this episode, just outlining how how we feel on things. And obviously, you might have seen some of our our discussion and thoughts on the social medias. So this uh, this last bit of content comes via way of Hayden Taylor over at GamesIndustry.biz, and the article headline reads: "Games Industry Speaks Out in Support of Black Communities Amid Violence in the U.S." Members of the games industry have voiced their support for Black Lives Matter after the US was hit by the worst race riots since 1960. Peaceful demonstrations across North America turned violent this past week as protests against police brutality were met with a very heavy-handed response. Scenes of violence dominated social media over the week and the weekend as the police used rubber bullets and tear gas on demonstrators and journalists alike. I hope you fucking hear me when I say this. 
These people are rioting because they have not been heard before now, said popular streamer Benjamin Dr. Lupo Lupo during a live stream over the weekend. This has been going on for fucking years. When people go unheard, that's when rioting happens. The protests erupted over the weekend in response to the death of George Floyd, a 46-year-old African-American who was killed while in police custody. The incident ignited lingering tensions and opened old wounds, drawing into sharp focus the legacy of police brutality against minorities. Among those offering words of support to the movement are Riot Games, Sony, Microsoft, Naughty Dog, Nintendo, Epic, Valve, Ninja, and several esports organizations including Cloud9 and Team Solo Mid, just to name a few. Addressing employees on Friday, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said, Our identity, our very existence is rooted in empowering everyone on the planet. So therefore, it's incumbent upon us to use platforms, our resources to drive that systemic change, right? That's the real challenge here. It's not just any one incident, but it's all the things that have led to the incident and absolutely need change. Furthermore, Microsoft and Xbox have begun to highlight black and African Americans that work within the company, aiming to amplify their voices. Sony has been very vocal, postponing their impending PlayStation 5 reveal event while also challenging people who attempt to justify or minimize systemic racism. In response to one commenter who simply posted hashtag all lives matter, Sony said, all lives will not matter until black lives matter. Sony is also matching donations made by employees at its its subsidiary studio Naughty Dog. Meanwhile, EA Sports has postponed an announcement regarding Madden NFL 21 a series with deep ties to American culture and the black community through the high number of black American sports stars that feature on its teams. The Black Lives Matter movement was deeply linked to former NFL player Colin Kaepernick and his decision to kneel during the national anthem that precedes each game. We'll find another time to talk football with you, read the statement from the Madden NFL Twitter account, because this is bigger than a game, bigger than sports, and need all of us to stand together and commit to change. Pulling this back to a local level, in Australia, there has been 432 Aboriginal deaths in custody since the Royal Commission in 1991. So, this is huge. Obviously, the entire world is watching. The entire world, I guess saying being made aware is not the right words to use here because I think most people have been very much aware of the situation regarding racism to minorities and uh, the black culture across across the globe for many years but it seems like with the the situation and with the the tragic passing of george floyd it is now thrown under a global microscope for probably the first time at least in my lifetime i can't remember it being uh sort of amplified with this amount of noise and focus and unity which is one thing i love to see and it's nice seeing various personalities, developers, publishers, all stepping forward and and saying their piece and throwing their support behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, Hopefully, it's more than just words. I'd like to see some more action. Obviously, it's still very new. Mm. This has only been at the forefront for the past um, seven to 10 days now. Uh, So hopefully, we see some actions come out of this and it's great to see all these donations Getting, getting sort of shifted towards various charities and organizations to help people. But my goodness, it is a melting pot out there and it needs to change. 100%. And you're right. It's, it's good that they're acknowledging it and giving it a platform so that it's front and center, so it's in people's faces and that they are made aware. But it's also very important that there's follow through mm-hmm. um, because it's needed. 
it's this isn't just a you know once a day once a week one week in a month kind of thing this needs to happen constantly this needs to be front and center this needs to be in everyone's minds and um yeah uh, the change needs to happen so it's good that you know our community has our representatives that are going out and you know pushing that message forward and also taking a stand to people that kind of want to you know neg the the positive positivity that's meant to be coming from it and the change that needs to come from it so it's good that they're taking that stand as well 100 percent. what's what's your thoughts on this tilby it's it's tough. Like I I have a lot of friends who are in the US and have been fighting very vocally um, for the justice for these people and, and not only for them. But it's you know fighting against that sort of police brutality and it sort of does filter into games quite a bit because we you know sometimes we are a bit you know desensitized to some of it. You know games like Grand Theft Auto and even Red Dead sort of you know, we're pretty vocal about this sort of stuff and. Um, it also filters through because there's a lot of content creators and, and people in the games industry who probably do f- feel quite strongly about it. But I, I just hope that a lot of this isn't just, you know, to get uh, Twitter likes or some respect. And and I hope it's not as hollow as it seems. Like, you know, someone like Ninja who's, who's posted about it, like you, you'll go through his comments and people will you know, post up something that he said, you know, two or three years ago where it's, you know, racial slur. Like it, it's, it, it does seem like people are trying to do that to, to harbor some sort of, you know, genuine, I guess, you know, pop, not clout, but like popularity is not the right word either, but like they're trying to generate some good, good feeling from it when it, it it's, you've got to do more. Like Ali said it right. Like it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to continually do it and, and, and sort of, you know, um, keep that sort of positive movement going. Uh, this can't stop, you know, after the, you know a month or so when it all will, you know, sadly inevitably die down. This has to keep going and it has to um, see some, you know, actual physical change. And for companies like Microsoft and, and Sony who are making these donations, it's, it's, it's a good start. I think, you know, donating to these causes like Black Lives Matter and the NAACP who are, you know, fighting against these causes pretty strongly, it, it's going to be tough. But um, I think that sort of physical change and, and, and bringing those those black content creators and, and people in the games industry forward is, is also another mm-hmm. really positive step. And I wish it wasn't because of, of a, a tragedy or something that happened, yeah. you know, like the, the, the death of George Floyd shouldn't be the catalyst to bring them forward. This should have been happening you know, months, maybe even years ago. But look, it, it's certainly a small step forward. It, it's difficult for us because 8-Bit is, a, you know, pretty much a predominantly Caucasian sort of podcasting collective. So, you know, we, 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 we're we open to the support, like the support we're going to be supporting as much as we can. But um, I can only say as much as I can. But yeah, look, it, it's it's a, a slippery slope, but I think um, there's, there's positive signs being made. 100%. And... I think the biggest thing, at least like from sort of my perspective with this whole situation, it's it's like it's things that, as I've said, sort of in the lead off, we've we've always been aware of some of these things going on, but now's the time to take the time to to do the research and educate yourself and and learn about what's going on. Like, there's a great quote here I've just sort of seen, and it says, "Do the best you can until you know better. Then, when you know better, do better." 
I think that sort of encompasses it really well. Like take the time to to understand the situation, not only abroad, but locally here in Australia. Like we've had a lot of this type of shit going on for a good long time, but it gets no coverage. You watch the the mainstream media and obviously they they can spin stories in whichever way they like and, and present press positively or negatively depending on the topic. So try and find that independent news source and you know, we, we poo-poo on social media a lot, but Twitter's been great in that regard because you're seeing a lot of footage and a lot of live feedback on the ground in these situations that's unfiltered. So you're not going to get the media spin that's going to cut it a certain way to sort of try and implement somebody as the victim or they're the, they're the culprit for copying the violence that you were seeing time in and time out. Like it's, it's clear there's a systemic problem with law enforcement across the world like you see these people that you know there's a lot of good police officers and people in the military and things don't get me wrong they do great but there is some of these these bad people that get in there maybe just because they have this sort of bully complex where they just want to get in and use this power to abuse and flex and and unleash some of that violence that's clearly part of their dna and they need to be held accountable so hopefully now we're seeing that obviously with the, the officers in, in Minnesota are all getting charged now. So I think things like that is a step in the right direction, getting the murder charge upgraded again, uh, which which I think's which I think's fantastic. And and yeah, they just need to keep this at the forefront, not only now, but a month down the line, a year down the line, ten years down the line. Like this can't keep happening. Like there was the LA riots in, in the early nineties and then obviously hearkening back to the 60s and things like this is this is things that just keep occurring so we just need to be better out there like we're, we're all the mm-hmm. same we all deserve the same rights we all deserve the same freedoms and all and we all deserve to feel safe that's the biggest thing the rights like you could you can argue like they're, they're not the right thing and, and there's that fine line between whether it is a protest or a riot but the signs are there that the protests have been working like there's news that um, government officials in Minnesota are actively looking to disband the Minnesota PD like entirely and create some sort of new public um, service to help uh, the citizens of Minnesota. So like um, it's it's clear that this sort of stuff is going a long way, but the like you said, it has to keep going. This can't be a flash in the pan situation. They've got to keep going with it. Um, and, you know, it, it's tough to talk about this sort of stuff on on a on a, on a gaming centric podcast, but yeah. sometimes this sort of stuff is unfortunately bigger than gaming. And you know, fair play to, to people like Sony who have been, you know, trying to dig through the absolute hell that is their comment section for people who feel so entitled that you know their new fangled you know console isn't going to be re- shown off to the world on the on the day that they expected it and. Um, there was a tw- they responded to a tweet and they basically said, look, our stock can be replaced. Can a human life be replaced? Um, and that really rang true to me. So um, yeah, it's, it's a tough time, but I think we just need to keep our foot on the pedal, if anything. 100%. And, and it just needs to be more than words, as, as Ali put so, so well at the start of this sort of discussion piece. Yeah, we need to see actions because... It doesn't take long to look at some of the history of various personalities in the gaming space or publishers and developers and see 
where they haven't handled things like this correctly. Like the the biggest one, they obviously EA Sports with with Madden and the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick, where he was pretty much cut from the NFL off the back of this, and then they like edited his name out in in songs that were tied to previous NFL entries in in the franchise, yeah. saying that it was like a, a licensing error that they sort of misread and like all that shit. Just own it. You know, like Steph, and it's the same as the NFL, like the NFL coming out now and saying we support you. And it's like, mate, you, you were trying to sort of almost issue fines to, to your black players for kneeling during the national anthem. And now it's like, we got you back. It's like, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, like it, it's it's pretty similar to, I think Activision and Blizzard sort of made that sort of statement on Twitter. Yeah. Like we, we support this sort of movement. And then people are obviously and very correctly making that statement like, didn't you just suspend a, a Hearthstone player for, you know, being pro Hong Kong? Like mm-hmm. you can't have one, you can't have one thing and then do another. Yeah, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to be fully on board with this the entire way through. And that was sort of what I was alluding to with the whole ninja thing. Was like, you can't just say it for the sake of saying it. You've got to actually mean it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the, the difficulty with you know all that sort of stuff in in the gaming sphere. But like. Companies as well are sort of in implementing it into their, their games as well in a, in a, uh, a particularly meaningful way. Like um, I know you and I, Brendan, both play a lot of NBA 2K. Like they suspended their um, online services for two hours with a, you know, um, a memoriam sort of, uh, I guess, page for George Floyd. And they were giving out shirts for their created characters in the, in the neighborhood. That, you know, one was saying, you know, justice. One was saying, I can't breathe. Like they were, they were making it pretty positively known that they were against this tragedy, and and even you know obviously Rockstar because Two K and, and Rockstar are both owned by Take Two, so they were obviously able to do the same thing. They they shut down all of their GTA and and Red Dead servers for two hours to sort of pay their respects. So there are different ways to do it. Um, mm. Thankfully, it's it's not so it's it's very off the cuff, but it's 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 very beneficial, and there are you know plenty of ways that we can show our support 100 percent, and and i think that starts with educating yourselves as well so as i said just take the time don't just re- believe the first thing you see on the internet or, or on the news just sit there do the research there is plenty of fantastic voices out there from all walks of life that have phenomenal insight and you know, facts and hard truths and, and some of it will be hard to read and hard to watch like it is very jarring but i think it's what you need to do here to get a wider understanding of what's happening and and at least try to grasp some of the situation because obviously yeah as as you said till we were like we're all predominantly white caucasians here at 8 bit so we we can't be directly placed in these people's shoes but we can try and at least somewhat understand to a degree like don't be ignorant take the time to research understand the situation then do what you can to help like just be better i think that's the, the easiest thing here is be better treat others as you'd want to be treated you know it's it's the age-old thing you've you've heard from when you're a toddler to now you know you treat others like you want to be treated i think that's 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 some of the the easiest ways to sort of convey this situation but yeah just plenty of fantastic voices out there to to get much better breakdowns on this as well so so be sure to to be aware and, and do the research and yeah comb the socials there's there's countless links and we'll try and chuck some in the show notes here for where you can do a bit more research on but um yeah that's been the news so let's pivot tweet of the week and this this uh tweet comes via handle at spawn on me uh they are a podcast 
and uh, content creator outlet over there in the USA. And uh, the, the tweet itself reads, I share this not to try and flex, but to say that you can do content that bucks the status quo, does good for the world, inspires your people, and is black as fuck all at the same time. Do that shit with no compromises. So, uh, and then there was sort of a screen grab of their their sort of recent uh, Twitch stream history. So, Spawn on Me, they're, they're sort of a small to medium-sized outfit, obviously representing the black community in a fantastic light. And they've been sort of getting a lot of various ver- uh, voices from the, the gaming space on there to have open conversations. So, be sure to check out at Spawn on Me on, on Twitter and, and find their most recent episodes because... I watched their most recent one uh, just yesterday. It goes goes for about three hours and it's fantastic insight from people that are living this day in and day out. But uh, it was really nice to see that uh, like their unique viewers, um, they're up plus 254,000 since their previous stream. Like they're up another 70 subs. They're up countless amounts of live views and chatters. Like people want to know and people want to get educated mm-hmm. and, and it's, um, creators like this, like at Spawn on Me on the Twitters, which is a great start point to to get an understanding and and get some fresh, clear perspective. So, shout out to at Spawn on Me. Uh, be sure to check them out, uh, listen to their podcast, watch their content uh, content on Twitch. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, um, they were lucky enough to be given the front page, um, and you know, being on the front page is obviously as great as it is it's obviously you know front and center for all parties but um they held strong and they you know put their content forward and it's been great like it's been great getting their opinions across which is extremely important like it's important to learn but it's very important to listen so um well Mm. done to the team because it's definitely needed yeah same again i just hope it's something that isn't going to be you know people just going there to learn and then they're they leave again i hope it's they they find that continued and um you know lengthy sort of prosperous success so that they can you know keep these sorts of things going because those sorts of causes and those sorts of people doing those sorts of things is 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 so good for a a twitch community that has always had that sort of notion Mm. of being kind of toxic and and a little bit sort of unfair for for people who don't sort of fit that sort of uh, idea of what it is to be a Twitch streamer. Um, so this is always very positive stuff. So yeah, well on, uh, well into them. 100%. At Spawn on me on Twitter and uh, yeah, check them out. But as I said, just uh, be aware there's so many other great content creators doing good things and, and sharing fantastic insight on this situation or or the situation they've been living since since their birth. So it's it's really, really insightful. So yeah, just, just take the time, do the research and um, yeah, last part of the pod coming up right now. New releases and events. So this is where we're going to talk about things that are coming up this this next calendar week, whether it be new games coming out, new things we want to see or watch. Uh, the release list isn't too deep. Uh, the one that I wanted to highlight, it's actually uh, released the week prior on, uh, on PC, but uh, it's releasing on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and that's the next Elder Scrolls Online expansion, which is Greymore, oh. which comes out on June the 9th. But outside of that, there isn't really anything else that I've got coming up this week that I can think of that I'm looking forward to, anything new. Um, I know some of my local restaurants are opening up again, so I'm excited to go get some burgers from various <laughs> places like Monday. Shout out Mondays. I love you guys. But uh, Miss Hart, what about you? Anything you got coming up this week? Anything that's uh, on your radar? Uh, nothing too much. I guess I'm just going to keep watching a bunch of TV and, you know, I might watch Cobra Kai. 
on YouTube. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, mm. so it's on YouTube. So I might actually catch up on Cobra Kai. I haven't watched a single episode of it, to be honest. Yeah, oh. me neither. Last last YouTube series or, or thing I watched through YouTube was the uh, Machinima Mortal Kombat spinoff oh, they so did. Good. Yep, so good. It was on free to air this past week at like ten thirty at night. Watch the whole thing again. So good, so <laughs> crap, but so good. Mm. Uh. What about you, Matt? Man, nothing this week. Look, I think it's it's going to be just a prep week for uh, The Last of Us 2 coming out uh, next week. Um, I've heard the uh, the consternation from uh, from Ali not really being particularly <laughs> enthralled with the game coming out, but um, the first one was a, a, a big um, a big game for me from the last generation, probably that and uh, La Noir were sort of like the two big games that really sort of stood out for me um on the the xbox 360 and the ps3 so yeah i've been patiently waiting um i've i've somehow managed to steer clear of spoilers knock on wood um it's i'm, I'm just it's going to be one of those ones where I, I close the door i sit down lights off and just sort of immerse myself in it um yeah i can't wait but yeah there's nothing nothing really this week that has really sort of scratched my itch. I think I'll just be jumping back into more void bastards and more sort of uh, borderlands to continue on with that. Not going to hit any more dingers. Oh, you know, I try, <laughs> I try my best. It's, it's a little difficult, but uh, I'll try my best. Do you, do you prefer trying to be like the, the ace pitcher or do you want to be the, the home run King? Uh, oh, now you've put me on a bit of a pedestal there or a bit of a, on a bit of a spot. Uh, this, I, I love a good pitcher. You know, if you can pitch a nice uh, breaking ball and confuse the batter with a, you know, bit of a, a, cur- a curve ball or a knuckle ball, it's always pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. Ali just looks this- so confused. She's so- no, I'm just thinking this has been the most sports centric episode that we've probably <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Success. Winning. Yeah. So, yeah, Greymore's coming out this week. Uh, I'm half interested to get back into it i like the elder scrolls online um on the pc my character is not too high level on xbox one as i've said a few times on this pod uh it's like veteran rank six so i'm i'm pretty deep on the xbox path but i think i want to keep persisting with pc and this is more vampire and it also sort of weaves in some of the some of the um threads from skyrim which is kind of cool which is one thing that's got me intrigued about it so when they're going to try and start interweaving some of that story and content into ESO, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I need to get back on this horse and maybe I'm just going to play more Apex Legends until <laughs> The Last of Us 2 comes out. So yeah, check back next week to see uh, which way I went. Spoilers, it's probably the Apex way. Apex, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the, uh, the last little thing I want to mention, Overcooked, which was done by Ghost Town Games. It's currently free on the Epic Game Store until June the 11th. So... Anyone that hasn't got that uh, crazy co-op cooking extravaganza, uh, sign up to the Epic Games Store and you can get a free copy from now until June the 11th. Obviously, Overcooked 2 is out and it's also equally as fantastic. But uh, yeah, you want something to distract yourself. Uh, Maybe you're still in that uh, COVID-19 situation. Uh, It's a great little uh, couch co-op game you could be playing with your friends or your family or you could be playing online as well. So uh, Overcooked, free on the Epic Game Store until June the 11th. But yeah, this has been episode 197 
of the Hungry Hammers podcast. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on here at the satellite version of the Hungry HQ. Hope you are doing well here now, my uh, my Brisbane neighbor. Welcome back to the sunny Hello. state. Yeah, moved back uh, pretty much the day the borders closed. I got got in just oh. in time, so um, last plane into Brisbane. But uh, yeah, I'm back for back for now. We'll uh, we'll see how things go. But yeah, it was it was an absolute blast hanging out with you guys today. Mate, pleasure is all ours. Uh, Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? Yes, check out the new Run the Jewels album. It just released. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'll be giving that a spin just after this podcast wraps, maybe after I make another coffee because I am tired as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, be sure to follow us all as a collective at We Are 8-Bit. Miss Ali Hart can be found at Miss Ali Hart. I can be found at Brendan 8-Bit. And Matt can be found at It's Tilby on the socials. But Maddie, thank you for stopping on by. Uh, yeah. yeah, be safe out there, people. Be aware. And uh, yeah, until next time, 8-Bit Nation, when we return for episode 198 of the Hungry Games podcast. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Do you think I should bid on this autographed photo of Jeff Goldblum with his shirt off from Jurassic Park? I think I need this on my wall.